Hey friends, welcome to the Next Step Leadership Podcast, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step. I'm Tracy Reynolds, and my partner for the Next Step Journey is Chris Maxwell. Together we hope to inspire, assist, and create the confidence you need to take your next step in your personal growth, spiritual growth, vocation, or even your calling. Thanks for joining us. Well, come on, let's dive into this week's episode of Next Step Leadership. Chris Maxwell and Tracy Reynolds um, continuing our conversation with our friend Rick Womack. Uh, Tracy, that was some deep, deep, painful, um, but honest uh, conversations that we were having with Rick. And we need to continue those because that's, that's how life is. Life in ministry and life in many uh, roles of leadership where people are carrying such a heavy weight mm-hmm. and it's difficult for them to pursue help. What, what are some of your thoughts? Well, I think that part of the reason that uh, it resonates so much with us is because we've all been there at, at one point or another, uh, to one level or another. And I appreciate uh, so deeply honest conversation, just owning what is and being able to share freely. And I will say this too, Rick, um, it was difficult to watch um, being a, a couple counties away, knowing my brother was struggling and not being able to, I, I, just, I just wanted to fix it. I, there were lots of times I just wanted to reach out and say, man, I, I, I love you and probably did a couple times, but I, I, you know, you just want to help, you know? So we are so glad that you are uh, where you are and that you're able to share this. I've looked forward to this time because I knew that uh, you would be able to say and to help probably just because some of the pain that, that you've been through, able to bless others and help others. So welcome back, my friend. Thank you. It's great to be here with you guys. Well, uh, we want to pick up uh, right where we left off. We're just talking about some of the ways that we can help people. I know some of the things you've learned through that process, man. Uh, and so let's dive into to, to some of uh, what God is teaching you through all this. Yeah, and I think it's some of what he's teaching the church. Let me pick up on something you said, Tracy, is that you you wanted to help and you you did a couple of times reach out. And I, I've heard that um, probably more here lately then at first um just the notion that i want to do something but i don't know what to do and uh i'll just say this one when you're a leader that is hurting you may not want help at first but you need to find the wherewithal to put yourself in a place where you can receive the help mm-hmm. i know uh when i stepped away from ministry in october of 21 I didn't go to church for four months. And now for many, that was blasphemous. I mean, it was unheard of. It was unreasonable. It was, but I think, you know, the important thing is I didn't step away from Jesus. I just stepped away from attending a church. And uh, quite frankly, during that four months, I didn't really want anybody to help. I just needed to be quiet and to be still, to reconnect with my wife and my family to reconnect with my Lord. Mm. And so um, I think the second thing I would say is that on the backside of that uh, alone time, you've got to be willing to say, okay, I'm open. There's an open invitation now. Uh, What do you have to say? Or or what, Mm. what, what do I need to hear? And so I think for a lot of leaders, it's difficult to get to that point because they don't 
won't help in in, mm. in some ways you don't and I get it but at some point you got to say okay the door is open now help me yeah. understand and Chris you mentioned something I was thinking about in the last podcast together you used the word scars at the end and it just was a powerful reminder and something I've I've taught and I've remembered I've counseled others with is to um, remember that scars are a visible reminder of the Lord's healing. Where there was a wound, there is now a scar. So while it may seem ugly and, and it may not, I've got scars on my body where I've had stitches and things like that, and it's not always attractive, but at least it's a reminder that there's healing that took place. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's just, um, I think it's important for us to, to um, open ourselves up to receive that help. You know, I'm concerned about how much of our identity gets wrapped up in this whole thing of, of ministry that somehow what you said was so powerful. You didn't walk away from Jesus. And from for those of us who know you well, nobody assumed that. It was that uh, it's... Uh, we tend to think that our identity is somehow tied to what we do. And that's not just with, with pastors, but we think, oh my gosh, it's what's tied. But, but it's particularly with pastors. We think, well, if, well, and COVID unearthed that in so many people because suddenly I can't speak and I have no platform, so I don't have my, my authority. Well, that's, that's so not true, but it felt true. And if, if I think that my identity, that what I do actually uh, influences who I am, rather than the, the opposite of that, that what I am, who I am, uh, would influence what I do, uh, that's a dangerous place to be. Well, well, and I think that even further into that point, I think that we perhaps don't fully understand our identity mm. because we have wrapped our, ourselves up in this thing called vocational ministry because everything that we do uh, lives and breathes and revolves around church. Mm. Um, you know, for me, when it, it came time for Patrice and I to find a body of believers to worship with, we we intentionally went perhaps in the most extreme direction that we I would have ever picked. And we ended up at an Anglican church uh, for a number of months. And we were, and they knew I had been a pastor, and they were most gracious. But I, I had a friend of mine who said, um, and she had been in the Anglican church and she said that she had found that the Anglican tradition and the faith there for her served as a splint for her faith when she could no longer pray, when she had forgotten how to have faith or how to have prayer. That that structure, that splint, that structure gave her the ability for that faith to grow once again. And so that's where we found ourselves. Um, I We just felt like, you know what, this was our identity. You know, everything was wrapped up in this ministry. And now this dream is dead. Okay. And that, that's the painful part we talked about in the last episode is the dream is dead. Now where do we go from there? And where do we go from next? Mm-hmm. And so for us, it was important to not go back to something that looked like from where we came. Mm-hmm. Makes you sense. Know? Yeah. Well, there's so many uh, places we could go with this. Um, just like in the last episode, I'm like, uh, can we talk for hours? And um, I, I want to make sure that you give suggestions 
to those who are considering going into ministry or just in any leadership role of any type of job or career where, okay, I'm a little insecure, but I'm going to live in denial of it, so I'm going to push forward and try to pursue success and the meaning in our culture of success. And they're driven and they're, uh, you know, their faces on the screen and everything is big and happening. I, I just talk to us about, uh, you know, if you could speak to your younger self, what would you tell yourself when you were young uh, about some caution? Yeah. And because uh, we just give all the green lights, go, 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 and, and not the red lights or the caution lights. Yeah, I've had a lot of young leaders reach out to me and, and seek a platform or try to find a platform for themselves. And I would just say resist that that desire, that urgency. Um, don't worry about a platform. Just just worry about and, and focus yourself and your attention on the person who Christ is forming in you, who, who he wants you to be and what he wants you to be and how he wants you to serve him. Um, that's what I would say to my younger self. I would say don't be so ambitious about those things. Um, trust that the work of the Lord is in you and is working in you, um, even in the small, very, very small things. Mm. Yeah. How would you adjust your sales about what success even looks like? And in, in, as an early uh, pioneer in ministry for you, you know, what would you say to your 20-year-old your self about, you know, wh- wh- how do I know if I'm succeeding? Well, what are the markers for for success? Because I think we've got some some phony ones out there. Yeah, I'm not sure that a 20 year old knows what a marker for success is. Um, quite often, they're 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 markers that have been established for them uh, by someone else that was perhaps their marker for success, mm-hmm. and so it's not the 20 year old's marker for success. Right. I think faithfulness is the is the important one. I think faithfulness too. What the, the as I said, what the Lord is forming in you and what He wants to do in you, yeah. um, and then I think secondarily, I think you, having those voices around you. You know, we were created for relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, having those voices around you that can help you understand uh, what success looks like and can keep you grounded when you think you found it and you really haven't. Yeah. I'm thinking about um, a few of the conversations that you and I've had, Rick, around the the scrambled eggs and the grits, <laughs> that good cholesterol, and those times that we've uh, had a sandwich together. Um, and then there's another part of me thinking of those leaders who are just sitting alone. Oh, they're with the crowd and with the group when something's happening, but in their deep issues that we're talking about in this conversation, too many of them are sitting alone and they're not having the conversations. I, I, I believe I can say anything to you, you know, because of our friendship. I can right. say, Rick, you, I mean, you can ask me my opinion of things. I can tell you it's not going to weaken our relationship. We're going to continue to grow and develop in that. And even through this process, we've had honest conversations about, okay, this is my thought. You know, how are you going to respond to that? It's not going to control our relationship. We're just going to, but but I'm worried about the solos. I'm worried about the the alone ones. Um, I, I want to send this conversation to every one of them and say these two words: seek help. Yeah, yeah, and I would add two more probably, and that's pay attention. Mm. Pay attention to what is going on. Mm. What is going on in you? 
what is going on around you. Don't become so focused on results uh, that you that you are stepping over or stepping on uh, people or projects or platforms to get you to that point. Um, I think, you know, Chris, I've had this statement in my life for a lot of years and I've preached this, this message uh, before between the promise and the payoff is the process and the process is the point. And, um, you know, I find ourselves, I find believers often, they're so focused on just the promise that they are missing the process of what's going to happen or what's happening in them, what's happening around them in this present moment. And then there are others that are so focused on the payoff that they're missing everything. And so there's this process, there's this this land of in-between where we have to really realize and embrace God is doing something in this moment, and I need to understand what it is. So, I, yeah, seek help, but pay attention also. I, I would add those two words. Pay attention and then seek help. Pay attention and seek help. And pay attention to the right things right. and to the, to the real issues. Well, you used a word earlier about faithfulness. And I think we need to be careful not to confuse faithfulness and perfection. Yeah. Yeah. So talk to us about what, what does faithfulness <clears throat> look like to a, to a 20-something? Yeah. I, I think it's allowing... Um, the Lord's forming process. I know I keep coming back to that, but I think so much in the 20-something, 30-something, 40-something even uh, years of ministry, those age brackets, I think is the Lord working in you on a consistent, regular basis. And it's, um, you know, there's there's a writer by the name of Bobby Clinton. He was one of my um, instructors in my master's program, and, and he talks about uh, the formation, the spiritual formation of a leader, and he talks about um, the making of a leader and what makes a leader. And yeah. and the reality is, is you've got to face some difficult times. You've got to right. you've got to have some battle wounds. You've got to have some scars. And um, you know, to what Chris was saying just a moment ago, when you have those scars, when you have those wounds, you got to be sure that you're not alone in those moments. Mm. Be sure that you're not uh, in despair and and just. Um, you know, flailing about in isolation. I, the common theme that I'm hearing again and again is the need for a handful of voices in my life, people who love Jesus and love me enough to speak the truth Yeah, that I can trust that are, and I don't need 25 of those. Don't even probably need five of those, but I need a couple people in my life who, who love Jesus and love me enough to speak truth to me and love me through through that scenario. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Uh, Rick, these last five minutes of our conversation with you, what, what else can you say uh, to me and to Tracy? What else can you say to those who are listening uh, from lessons you've learned? This is perhaps going to be controversial for some, but I would say be willing to step away. Hmm. Um, one of the books that's been very helpful during this process um, is a book by Jonathan Martin, and cannot think of the name of it right now. The Road Away from God. I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, The Road Away from God. And he talks about Jesus 
walking on the road to Emmaus, and he's walking away from Jerusalem, and he's walking away from the things of God, because Jerusalem was what was everything. Everybody went up to Jerusalem. You went to Jerusalem to worship. Uh, That faith revolved around Jerusalem, but he's walking away from that. And he encounters these two disciples, and in that process of encountering them, encountering him, really, um, they they don't understand that Jesus is walking with him, mm. that Jesus is there in their midst. Um, he's walking with them as he walks away from Jerusalem. They're walking to Emmaus. It's controversial to say that. But it's important for us to, I, I, when I came to the point in October, just before October of 21, of stepping away from ministry, you know, I'd heard there's, there are three times when you can leave a church, too early, too late, or way too late. <laughs> and um, I was afraid that I was going to end up making it way too late. Mm. And it's, it's difficult to do that. But the beautiful thing is, is that Jesus, uh, the church isn't dependent on me. That's right. And so I know that in a, in a better way and more clear way now than ever. Yeah. Uh, the second thing I would say is be willing to um, take some things apart. I, I mentioned this in the first episode, and I want to read this quote that uh, Paul David Tripp makes that uh, is really helpful, and it's one that I've come back to. He says, and so there is a devastating humility that comes when you're willing to deconstruct something you've given your life to. Mm-hmm. I mean that in a positive sense. I'm not talking about apostasy here, but being willing to take a step back and say, where do we need to take this apart? Where do we need to abandon our loyalty? And with courage, where do we need to stand and say, this is not good enough? Hmm. And so in some ways, walking away sounds controversial. But when you do walk away, you can find the ability, I think, to, to look back and have a better understanding, and have a better growth process and healing process. And that's where I found myself in mm. in these most recent days. It, holding on to our life, our perceived calling, lightly. Yeah, This is, this is not mine. I'm, I'm but a steward of this. Uh, my pastor and I were talking recently about uh, the whole verbiage that we place around those terms of uh, we feel like this is, um, you know, this is mine, my ministry, my calling, whatever. Well, no, actually, I'm just a steward of, yeah. of this, and this is part of the journey, and this is an assignment for right now. But it's really not mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it's odd that we use that language, calling. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I work a secular job now, but I, and nobody reminds me that I'm called to. I just I have a job to do. You know, and I believe it's of the Lord. You know, yeah. I have a responsibility, a ministry. I'm serving Him in this capacity. Yep. So those are those are weighty words. That yeah. calling word that we use on our life. Yeah. And as we think about mm, that stepping away, as you talked about, Rick, uh, it's good to remember that as we do that in those moments, uh, we are stepping toward something, and that is the someone that we need. Um, to live out the divine romance with. And even when we are staying in our positions, continuing going through this calling, whatever we want to call it, whatever we want to title it, we're in this place vocationally, experientially, where God has us. Um, I'm praying that we can find peace 
mm-hmm. in the middle of the busyness, peace in the hurry, uh, that we can find that, as I wrote about in equilibrium, we can find that balance in these uneven surfaces of life. And um, if we do, if we have the right conversations with the right people, deal with the deep pain and hurt in our lives and deal with that correctly, not running from, not replacing it with busyness or numbers game, but addressing those issues and pursuing healing, talking to the right counselor, the right accountability friends, uh, that we can oh, just find healing as he leads us beside still waters and helps us find ways to make our next steps, our best steps. Thank you, Rick. Thanks for joining us on Next Step Leadership, the weekly conversation dedicated to your personal growth and leadership development. Chris and I are so glad you dropped in. You can find us on all your favorite podcast providers. Do us a favor and hit subscribe. And if you really want to help us, give us a rating. We so appreciate your support. Check out our show notes for more information regarding guest contact information. Chris Maxwell's 11th book, Equilibrium, 31 Ways to Stay Balanced on Life's Uneven Surfaces, is available now at www.chrismaxwell.me or Amazon, where you can find all of Chris's previous books as well. Our featured music is by Casual Americans. You can find their new musical releases at www.casualamericans.com or at your favorite music suppliers. We release Next Steps Leadership each Thursday, so join us again next week on the Next Step Journey, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step.